Good evening and welcome to another webinar Wednesday. And again, my pleasure and privilege to chat with Julian, as uh, some of you saw the last time we recorded. Uh, Julian's got a real heart for people who uh, have other faiths and has uh, shared the love of Jesus with many, many people, all sorts of religions, all sorts of cultures. Uh, and so we're going to have a good chat today. And what I really wanted to get out of this session, Julian, if that's okay, is really how we go about talking to people. Because um, I think sometimes we think we're going to have so many answers uh, and we, we think that we're not going to be able to cope with what they throw at us. But just just lead us into how you go about it. And, and uh, I know you've got a few things to share on screen as well. Well, I'm not saying that it's an easy thing to do. It's, it's about stepping out in faith and going for it. Yeah. And I think what's really useful, say, for example, if you are interested in a particular people's group, let's say Hindus or Sikhs, and you're interested in them or the lay, Lord lays on your heart and interest in them, it's you, one good thing to do is to learn a little bit of, say, their language, um, say, my name's Julian or in their language or speak, say hello to them in that language opens up a lot of doors. Mm -hmm. um, also, if you want to engage them in the Christian faith, it's important to at least have some understanding of the basics of that faith, whether it's Sikhism, Hinduism or Islam. I think that's, it's only fair. We have to pray, uh, although we don't, we only believe that through faith in Jesus is the only way of salvation, that there's only one God and that a lot of these religions are corrupted, mm -hmm. um, we still need to show respect for, for their faith. I mean, uh, and, and also under, try to understand what they believe. And yeah. you can actually use those items to be able to link or bridge the gospel with them. Definitely. And I think um, it's a very similar sort of thing, as I think I mentioned last week. If you look in Acts chapter 17, the great apostle Paul, a great theologian, was not so. It wasn't below him to actually quote in the in Athens in the Areopagus with the philo Greek philosophers. He actually quoted from some of the Greek philosophers, like in him, in him we live and move and have our being, and yeah. we are his offspring. Yeah. So you can see how he linked, bridged the gospel through yeah. that to bring in the message of the gospel. So. Just doing a bit of that does really help and open up doors and yeah. opportunities. All right. And, and you're going to show us a few things, aren't you? Is this around kind of uh, witnessing to Muslims, isn't it, in particular, to start with? Yeah, so would you like me to do that now? Steve? Yeah, do that. Let's do that. Let's do that, Julian, yeah. Okay. Hopefully this will work. It worked, uh, before, so... it, it worked before we press record, Julian, so let's see what happens. <laughs> so That's... now... We, here we have some quotations from some of the early scholars of Islam. Yeah. Now, like in Shia Islam, you have uh, Ali, who was uh, the cousin, allegedly, of Muhammad. Now, if we look at the top, top one, it says the disease of the heart is worse than the disease of the body. Yeah. It, can we see how you can link that? I mean, like, you can link that to Jeremiah 17. Where the heart, where this Jeremiah the prophet says that the heart is desperately wicked beyond all cure. Yeah. So there you can bring the gospel in straight away. You, yeah, with a little definitely. knowledge, you can see how you can use it. Yeah. And then there's and, a general. And I presume, I presume, yeah, and presumably, Julian, they, they're going to know these 
these quotations inside out, are they? they, they these guys so some got... of them, uh, some of them will. However, they can be quite impressed that you've bothered to learn something about their faith and their yeah, scholars. Yeah, I'll get it. Yeah. Um, so you've got another quotation here by a Sufi scholar. Sufis are like the Pentecostal charismatic side of the church. Mm. Yeah. You've heard of the whirling dervishes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, spring rounds. Anyway, there's Jalal Aldin Muhammad Rumi, who it's a big mouthful, but Rumi is the shortest term. Mm. He was an Islamic scholar from the 13th century and a poet. And he writes these beautiful words at the doorway of the Lord's abode, Jesus and Moses are the gatekeepers. <laughs> so you can, you can see how you can use that when Jesus said, I am the gate for the sheep. Yeah. So yeah, he can the gospel. Yeah. And also, about obviously, uh, Moses with the law and Jesus being the fulfillment of the law, just fantastic stuff. Yeah. Ex exactly. So, and then the, there's another one, the house of Jesus has. has a table spread for, I can't read it all, so can you read it, Steve? Uh, spread for the sick and needy souls of the world, yeah. So what a, you can say, one of your scholars said that Jesus, you know, is, is here for the sick and needy souls of the world. Jalaluddin is actually pointing people to Jesus as an Islamic scholar. Yeah, absolutely amazing. But just amazing, just to say that the, in, in Islam, Jesus is, they say, they call Jesus Isa ibn Maryam. Jesus, the son of Mary. Isa is the Arabic term for Jesus, uh, mm. to make you knowledgeable. And then there's, this is another one, which is not on the screen. I, I can stop sharing now. I, well, actually, there's a few more. Um, Rumi said, Jesus is the embodiment of unmanageable, lo unmanageable love and beauty. Yeah. That Jesus is the full embodiment of unimaginable love and beauty. So you can see how you can use Jalaladdin to bring about the love of Jesus. Mm. Uh, and then there's another one I would like to share. Um, this is a Islamic scholar from the uh, about the 11th century called Ibn Arabi, mm. and he's almost he almost comes to the position of. Um, of accepting that Jesus is fully divine and fully mm. human, perfect human. He writes, Jesus is the embodiment of the divine breath uh, of this spiritus that Gabriel has deposited in the womb of Mary. The human body of Christ was animated by a divine spirit, creating a dual, half human, half divine. So that it's almost, you can link that to John chapter one, can't you? Mm. Yeah. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word mm. became flesh. So it's, I'll, I'll stop turning the screen now. So though, doing a bit of homework, you can mm. actually find ways in which you can use sayings from religious leaders of different faiths to link them to the gospel to Christ. Yeah, I mean, the last time we talked as well, you were saying, you know, the stuff in the Quran... <laughs> Uh, that, that quite clearly gives you an hint to, to, to them about the gospel as well, doesn't it? The stuff that's in their scriptures that relates back to, to Jesus. Well, for example, in, in chapter uh, 3, in chapter 19, Jesus is described uh, in the Arabic as Issa Kalamatullah, the word of Allah. Not, it's not a word from Allah, but the word of Allah. 
so that we can link that again to John chapter one. Yeah, the word became flesh and dwells. Yes. And then we also, um, we could also see that in the Quran, it talks in many places that Jesus performed miracles, healed the sick, opened the eyes of the blind. Now, sometimes Muslims, I have Muslims ask me to pray for them for healing, mm. for, for the Lord to bring his uh, help to them. Mm. So, you know, even studying a few of these things can really help. I mean, um, mm. uh, about Jesus healing the sick, raising the dead, it's all there in the Quran. Yeah. Uh, the only difference is that the Quran denies that he's the divine son of God. Uh, we have to also, this to help you understand, um, in the Muslim mindset, we they think that we are teaching that God had sex with Mary, producing Jesus as a son of God. Well, that's yeah. blasphemy to us as well. Mm. So we have to explain that this is a divine title, an eternal divine title that describes his humanity and divinity. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's one hurdle. And also the deny that Jesus died upon the cross for our sins. Uh, man has to pay his own sins. So that's that is a stumbling block, but you, there's ways in which you can share the gospel with them through, through it. Going back to the talk I mentioned about Abraham and the sacrifices and son, and all the atonement is there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, it's like every other kind of false religion, though, isn't it, Julian? Really, is that they will always deny. Uh, if you want to know whether somebody really know, knows uh, a faith in Jesus. Um, they'll always say there is the Son of God. If they if they're not uh, a Christian, if they're not come to life in Jesus, they'll always deny his divinity. Always. Uh, absolutely. I mean, this is the origin of satanic religion, isn't it? it denies that God's salvation, God's way. Mm. Um, well, uh, take for example with Muslims, many say. Um, Conservative, ultra-conservative Muslims have said to me, Islam is, is the truth and Jesus Christ is not God revealed in human form. But mm. I quote from one of their traditions or hadiths, mm. which says in uh, Sahih al-Bukhari, uh, um, the, only, the, only the only prophet who wasn't touched by Satan in the womb uh, is Jesus. Uh, their own sources Mm -hmm. admit this so, see satan has to admit that jesus is lord mm -hmm. so in their sources you've got this particular source which says that only jesus was not touched by sin mm -hmm. so you know so the muslim religion i mean i'm trying to understand a little bit here myself julian and obviously you're, you're steeped in having done this for years and years and years like the jewish tradition obviously there was the torah and then the the pharisees and the teachers of the law made up a whole lot more rules and regulations <laughs> i'm guessing that's pretty much the same with Islam, is that they have the Quran, but there's obviously traditions that have been built uh, over centuries. Well, yes, I mean, take for example, believe it or not, when according to the Islamic traditions, when Muhammad fled to um, Medina, which is 200 miles north of Mecca, he prayed with the Jews towards Jerusalem. So he started off good. <laughs> but the Jews said to him, if you are a prophet, perform a miracle uh, to confirm your prophethood. Mm. And he couldn't do it apart from revealing the Quran, which he said was a fulfillment of the Torah, the, the law, 
Moses and the prophets. But when they said, well, you can go on your bike then, <laughs> Uh, he turned he turned his prayer direction from Jerusalem towards Mecca, the place of 360 idols. Mm. So you can see um, within, within Islam, it's a form a corrupted form of Judaism because you have what they call wadu, where they wash and they pray with their mats. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's steeped in Judaism in certain aspects. But it's corrupted, and it has corrupted forms of Christianity within it as well. Yeah. And we should expect that from Satan because he's the father of lies. Yeah, well, it, it, I was speaking yesterday about it's important on whom you believe, and it's absolutely true, and what you believe, because what you believe drives your behaviour, doesn't it? You know, and uh, yes, you know, we need to be praying for these people because they desperately need their eyes open to the truth of the gospel. <coughs> but the other thing is. As I said, that uh, there are those who are searching, mm. uh, even amongst the more radicals, there are those searching for those life-giving waters. And we, the, we, Jesus was prepared to cross over the cross-cultural barrier to meet that Samaritan woman in their need. Yeah. And so, therefore, we we should also be concerned for you know uh, people of different faiths and religions. Yeah, because especially because. I guess like every other religion that doesn't put Jesus right at the centre and understand that he's a, is the only way to God. You know, those Muslims are always fighting, aren't they, uh, internally for peace and to know that they're right with God and to to know that they're, they're you know, they're going to get to heaven. And I think, you know, that, that gives us the ideal opportunity really to say, you know, we're the only group of people that has assurance of faith, you know, where we know that Jesus loves us and he's got us. Absolutely. No Muslim can have an assurance of eternal salvation. A quote from one of their traditions, Muhammad prophesied allegedly that there will be 71 sects of Islam and only one will go to paradise. Mm. And so when I'm talking with those who are sure that Islam is the only way, I say, which sect is it? Is it mm-hmm. Sunni? Is it Shia? Is it Tabaliki? You don't know. We, we can say Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes mm. to God except through me. That it's in Jesus we have an assurance of eternal life. Yeah, it, Islam is a religion like everyone else, a religion of works, ceremonies, mm. and rituals. That through the good works, it may be just enough that God mm. may forgive them. Yeah, and accept them. Absolutely, and you know we know because we preach the gospel long enough to know it's not what we do; it's on whom we believe. And again, I've said that the other morning. You know, John three sixteen. You know, whoever believes on him will not yeah. perish but have everlasting life. You, you know, none of us can work our salvation. And, uh, you know, you might be listening to us talking about yeah. this and you, you might not know Jesus. Well, you know, your opportunity is just to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. As the scripture says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you, you shall be saved. So it's That's important, right. important to you. There's that also the passage in John chapter 5, verse 24, where Jesus said, uh, believe believe in me and the one who sent me and believe in my words for whoever believes in my words has crossed from death to life and shall yeah. not come under condemnation mm. absolutely absolutely i mean and, and you know some people get really frustrated with christians when when we quote you know that jesus is the only way the truth of the life but actually if you study all the major world religions as you've said the religions of works the religions of doing better you know, but we know that, you know, we're all sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. 
And there is only one way of rescue, and that's through what Jesus did on the cross. Well, absolutely. You see, uh, you see, what we have to stress to people who and this, you, can, you can have, you know, in churches, you've got those into churchianity rather than Jesus. Mm. You can be baptized, you can be christened, you can go for all the right ceremonies and still don't understand the gospel. That is through faith that mm. Jesus has done it all on the cross. Absolutely. It's exactly the same with these re religions, really. Yeah. There's see people trying to do be made right with God through works. Yeah. And I think another thing to mention really as well is that um, with people of other faiths is that you, you know you can have far more opportunities to share the gospel with them if, if you make that step of faith than with our own white indigenous Anglo-Saxon uh, yeah. community mm -hmm. because there's such a hardness. I don't know about you, Steve, I find I was in doing an open air in York on Saturday and there's such a hardness towards the gospel. Mm. You know, people are taken up by materialism. Um, they don't want to know. They believe that we all come from apes and monkeys. I mean, we have mm. to deal with all these things. There's such an uh, apathy. But when you talk to Muslims or Hindus or Sikhs, they like talking about spiritual things. Yeah. It's an open door. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. The West become very closed minded, doesn't it? You know, and, um, you know, shouldn't have done. I mean, we were in the, a form of, you know, when, when, you know, Luther nailed his thesis to the door and, <coughs> and declared that, you know, justification by faith, you know, that the, the West really grasped hold of, you know, Christianity in a wild way. But, you know, over the years, the West has started to take on ideologies that have, have sidelined God, you know, no prayer in mm. schools, no, no concern about Jesus. Now concerned about his word. I mean, most of the laws in this nation were written around the Bible truths, and now you now they're being eroded all of the time. So, you know, we need to be bold and strong. But you're absolutely right. People of other faiths have a tendency to want to talk about God because they actually do believe in an afterlife. They do believe there's something beyond what they see. Absolutely. I mean, um, through door-to-door evangelism and outreach, um, especially when I was in Birmingham. Sometimes I was talking to Muslims on the doors and even Sikhs, and they would invite you in, and they, and they, they I would be there nearly all day talking about faith. Yeah, and so, eating their food. As well, and eating their food. Eating yeah. food yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, could you expect that in in a in a sort of white English middle class culture? No, it's no, like very never. private, but they're so open. Mm. Yeah. And, and, let, and let's be perfectly frank now, you know, uh, we live in a multicultural society. I mean, essentially, it's probably not as multicultural as, as the surrounding areas of Wolverhampton and, you know, Dudley and Birmingham. But, you know, all, all, all nations are represented, you know, and there's, you know, there's an opportunity to really just share the, your, your, the light of Jesus with so many different people. Absolutely. I mean, you've only got to go two miles from or three miles from, uh, from Sedgley to Bilston to Tipton mm. to um, to Wolverhampton and it's all there. Mm. It's all there. It is all there. As you drive past, go past, go past the blind uh, Beacon Centre for Blinders. People know you're watching from Sedgley, and you go towards Wolverhampton, just down that road of temples, mosques. You know, it, it, it's almost like it, it's, there's a change. It's almost like somebody t switches off a light switch, and there, there it is. It's all there. You know, a different set of cultures, a different group of people. <coughs> Well, you see, the way I see it, Steve, a lot of churches can have a negative um, 
outlook and what they consider the encroachment of all these different people groups. And I understand it, but that we need to look at it in a different way. What an opportunity, it's exciting. Yeah, you know, good. in many of these countries, you can't show you, share your faith openly. Mm-hmm. They've come here. And what an opportunity for the church to reach them. Yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt, absolutely brilliant, Julian. That's, I would say, totally spot on as to what you're saying there. You know, we can see it either as a, a big problem or a huge opportunity. And again, just by the eyes of faith, see the opportunity. And Jesus Jesus never, never sh- shuddered away or turned away from, from talking to people of other cultures. And I think we mentioned it the last time, you know, the Samaritan woman. Even though there's there's really no kind of level of relationship because of their nationalities, you know, Jesus just you know in the end just ministered grace to her in an amazing way. Yes, can I show you um, what something an example of how the Lord is working in such people's lives? Yeah, please do. Yeah, um, when I was in Birmingham, um, there was an Iranian lad that came in touch with food, doing door to door, but he left he left Iran. Um, because, well, first of all, his his daughter was seriously ill, and he and his wife took took to, took her to Tehran the hospital, uh, and they couldn't do anything for her. They couldn't treat her. The, the, her situation wasn't improving, mm-hmm. so so he took her Hujat to uh, an Islamic imam, the religious leader, and in Islam sometimes it's called. It's very occultic. They dipped verses of the Quran written out in paper and into water and made the daughter drink it. Mm. Um, and nothing happened. But they, he started reading the Quran more often. He saw in the Quran that Jesus heals the sick. Mm. So he secretly knew of a Armenian Christian leader in Iran. Mm. And he secretly, with his wife, took his their daughter to the, the the Christian leader who secretly prayed for her and she was instantly healed. Amen. Great. And and um, this started a search off in his heart. He was asking his family come from a deeply religious Islamic uh, family, and uh, he was saying, "Well, only Muhammad couldn't do anything, but Jesus. Why only Jesus could do it?" And then he started asking the Imam, and the Imam got angry. Mm. And it led to him being forced and persecuted. So he had to flee for flee. And he came as a ref, asylum seeker. He came to the back streets of Birmingham. And this is some people say door to door is not. We shouldn't be doing door to door. But I called on that door, and he invited me. Him. He got. He spoke reasonably good English. I was able to give him a Bible in Farsi, and we, we saw that man come to come to a living faith in Christ Jesus. We yeah. saw his miracle daughter being able to settle here with his wife mm-hmm. and for him to eventually lead an Iranian church plant. So what That's about amazing. that? That's just amazing. Yeah, I mean, one of the things I've been preaching recently is that, that, that people believed on Jesus. The scriptures, they believed on Jesus because of the, the miracles that he did. And, 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 you know, God's commissioned us, Jesus commissioned us to go into the world and preach the gospel, but to do it with, with demonstration. And, you know, I don't think we should be as reticent as we have been in praying for sick people, especially <coughs> religions, I think it's an important part of our mission with the gospel. Not only do we minister to them uh, with the word, but actually we lay hands on them and, and I believe God's going to do something powerful in there. Yeah. Well, well, yes. Uh, and as I said, sometimes in the Hindu and Sikh community, 
Mm. And indeed, in some Islamic communities, they invite you to pray for them. Mm. It's, but it's getting to know them, loving them, caring for them. Yeah. Uh, meeting them. Um, I would encourage, you know, maybe the Lord, maybe the Lord is calling people that we're talking to now, you know, to, mm. to step out in faith. Um, and, and to put into practice those things which are mentioned, really. Yeah, it's, it's surprising. I had, um, as you probably know, still got um, a bit of a business of my own as well as pastor in the church. And I spent some time with a guy from West Bromwich last week who was an Iranian. And just, just speaking to him, his worldview is so much more different to ours. How he speaks about the other nations, how he talks about Russia, in particular, obviously, with all this stuff going on. Um, how he talks about... Um, the Jews and Judaism is, is quite, you know, eye-opening, really. And I think sometimes we become lazy as Christians, a little naive, you know. We, just, we think these people are unlearned and ignorant. But actually, he taught me so much by just sitting with him for an hour. Yeah, he, he actually owns a big warehouse. And I won't go into that tale because it's too funny to tell you. But, you know, but it was a different story. It was a, it was a different culture. But yet, you know... Um, I was able just to share a little of, of my faith with him as well, so it was good. I also think as well, Steve, for maybe pastors are listening as well as yourself, is that, uh, you know, with, say, particularly with Muslims, it's very much like with Jews, you have to start with the Old Testament prophets and move mm. forward. Mm. It reveals to them who Christ is. Secondly, if you do see a breakthrough with Muslims, and sometimes it can be very slow progress, at the moment in Hall it's slow progress, Mm -hmm. But like in Birmingham, we saw amazing breakthrough. But um, I was going to say that sometimes as a church is, needs to be flexible to allow them to celebrate their culture. And you see, some of the conservative Muslims I work with, if some of them come to know the Lord, they won't want to sit on chairs in, in, in churches. They'll sit on the floor. Yeah. I totally get it, yeah. And also you, the Bible, you know, like we're used to highlighting our Bibles, but mm. that's sacrilege in, in, in there. Even in Indian Christians, they will find that sacrilege underlining the Bible in yellow or leaving it on the floor. Yeah. So it's a different mindset. Yeah, well, and exactly. I mean, if you, you read the Acts of the Apostles, that, you know, Paul, Paul um, goes at length to have a bit of a go with, with Peter, doesn't he? Um, about the fact that, you know, don't keep trying to put the Jewish traditions on, on those people who are coming to faith. I think that would be yeah. exactly the same that you've just talked about. When As people come to faith from other religions, we can't expect them to start to act now as, as white, middle-class English people, just because that's what we think our faith's all about. Actually, our faith is nothing yeah. to do with Or, or try to conform them into the culture that we want them to have. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. There's no command in Scripture from the Lord to change culture. Mm. Only those cultures which are against uh, in conflict to God's word. Absolutely. But we should embrace, we should celebrate different culture. Yeah, this is, this is really good stuff, Julian, and I think it, it gives us a lot of food for thought and stuff to pray about, really, because it is, it's it's a huge challenge. I mean, it, just thinking about embracing just the young people, of, uh, white ethnic young people, is a culture change of its own, let alone then in, in, embodying Muslims and Hindus and Sikhs are coming to faith. But... Uh, it's something that we really need to plan and think about. And uh, I, I thank God for, you, for your wisdom on that. I think uh, more pastors and leaders need to, to hear that very, very clearly. 
Well, yeah, I mean, e even incorporating, if you see a breakthrough in that area, mm. uh, some, some, of those, some of those in the Sikh community or m Muslims who may use, um, for example, different instruments. Yeah. And they can <laughs> sing in their language. Absolutely. Hallelujah. I have to tell you this story, Julian, because it's absolutely amazing. I went to do a funeral at Wishbury uh, about oh, just just before lockdown, and uh, there was a, ho a whole bunch of Sikhs uh, that were doing the funeral before me. Uh, and I was standing outside with the undertaker, and, and at Bushbury, there's like a little CCTV, so you can watch what's going in the service before, so you know you can prepare and be ready for yours when they leave. Uh, and to my utter astonishment, the Sikh guy gets up, there's no, there's no Sikh sign behind it. There's actually the cross, which is like normally the Sikhs in there. They they move they move the that cross and put their own symbol. The cross was there, and to my utter amazement, this Sikh began to preach the most radical gospel message I've ever heard in my life. Uh, wow. And there was about a hundred in there, and the undertaker said to me, he said, "Oh, that's the Sikh church from from Wolverhampton." So you know, <laughs> there is still they still got all the turbans on. They they were still it still looked like a Sikh funeral, but boy, did they love Jesus, you know? And it was just such a privilege to shake the pastor's hand when I when I, when he came out from doing the funeral. Just it just blew absolutely. my mind. Julie. Blew my mind absolutely. Well, there's another thing though, which is really important. Uh, if you do, if people do, especially with Muslims, if you. Uh, God may be calling you to do that, but hmm. if you do choose to reach out to such that, that people group, then you need people to pray for you, hmm. uh, to intercede for you, because it's, it, is, it, it is satanic, um, occultic. But also, if you see a breakthrough with Muslims coming to faith, it's not just, oh, hallelujah, they've become Christians, wonderful. You may have to become a literal family to them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not I mean, convey about Christianity. No, 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 no. But yeah, because some of those are going to really have to pay the price, aren't they, for leaving their faith? Yeah. And... So, you know, it, 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 if you, it's a step of faith, but there's those costs. Yeah, it is. And I, I, to be honest with you, I've got some questions on my pad, and that was the final one. Is you know, having seen results among these people, we need to take the challenge of the fact that. We might have to carry them into the future because their lives are going to be so radically different. Their families are not going to want to accept them anymore, <coughs> and that's, that's just a huge thing. And also, you know, if you, if as a, if, as a church, if you decide to reach out to such people groups, mm -hmm. you will find that there can be, sadly, within the f our own perspective fellowships, uh, a a fear. I can understand the fear, but also a concern that of investing too much in these people mm. that can happen uh, even though you intend to do things from a right from a heart from your heart you see it's, it's because people don't feel comfortable stepping out of their comfort zone to reach such people and uh, yeah. um, so those things have to be addressed as well it's not easy i'm not suggesting it's easy but it's exciting it is exciting, Julian. Thank you so much. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call a halt to it there because we've had yeah. two great sessions and um, we've, we've probably got another one in us at least. So I, I don't, I don't want to kind of encroach on that because I think we've got plenty more to talk about. But um, also just to let you know, um, Julian's introduced me to his friend who's, who used to be an elder in the JW's gym. And in future sessions, Jim's going to be coming on and telling his story and just uh, sharing about um, 
you know, the JWs, their beliefs and, and you know, how he's witnessing and bringing people out of that organisation. Again, um, as we talked a little bit earlier, an organisation that will not, you know, see Jesus as the, the son of God, um, you know, will not accept his deity um, and therefore, you know, just a false false religion. But we can talk about that another time. So thank you, Julian, once again for, for uh, you taking your time out. I know you're a busy week and... Um, we really appreciate it. For those that don't know, we support Julian and Ella on a continued basis. And uh, very soon he'll going to pop along to church and, and see us again. So we look forward to that, Julian. But till then, God bless you. Thank you for, for this session. Okay, God bless you.